Psalm 23 really fascinates me and the whole Bible itself really fascinates me because whenever I read a passage, I keep on realizing new things. And I always thought that the Psalm 23 and its verses is only talking about the highs in life. But actually one day I realized it's about Death Valley because life sometimes goes through really dark valleys and the Bible knows and God knows and he promises to be with us in these times and I just really love that. Hey, so good to see you guys. You're doing good? Yes, some of you are doing good. Others are still thinking about how they're doing. Hey, I'm really looking forward to start this series. We're starting a series on the Bible. The series is called Word or Words. And uh, I was really looking forward to start a series because I just think it's great to start series. But on the other side, it's really my topic. I love to talk about the Word of God and the importance of the Word of God for our life. But hey, when I'm talking about the Bible, I need my, my sofa on stage. I can't speak about the Bible without my armchair. You should know that by now. I had a couple of messages talking about the Bible and uh, I told you that I have uh, this armchair in my home. That's where I do my quiet times every morning. So I, th I thought, I, I, can't, I can't talk without it. I won't use it this time. It's kind of a running gag. You know, there's a furniture store. I won't tell the name because I can't. But they should pay me some royalties. So. You think so? Because I know there's a couple of people, they bought exactly this chair after my message, and I think they should pay me some royalties for it because uh, I am the one who told the people that this is a holy, a holy armchair. Yes, but I think, you know, especially in two days' time, it's very important that we realize that the Bible is the Word of God. And this is actually the topic of today's message. Is the Bible the Word of God? So this is really a fundamental uh, uh, message that I will start with in this, in this series. And it's, I think it's very important that we realize that we live in a time and age where um, truth is, there's a fight going on when it comes to the truth. I don't know if you realize that we live in an age that is called post-truth age. The most important dictionary in the world, the Oxford English Dictionary, they are deciding on words every year, the word of the year. And in 2016, you can see there, the word of the year was post-truth. And it was the same year that uh, some blonde guy became president somewhere in the West. No, it was not Leo. It was not Leo. He's, uh, I, I know he's uh, also president, but different. Post-truth, they chose this word because it designed some, some new... Uh, worldview that we are living in and it's called post-truth we are in an age where the truth is not so clear anymore and is not so clear who is saying what the truth is 
So we are living in this age, post-truth, and the president of the Oxford English Dictionary, he describes it like this. He says, we live in an age where objective facts have less influence on the formation of the public opinion than references to emotions and personal belief. So it's all about emotions, my personal beliefs that I have, and not so much the facts or the scientific truth that can be found in some kind of topic. And of course, and he continues saying that the uprising of social media as an information source has, of course, um, um, helped to the uprising of this post-truth um, age. And what we see is a, a growing distrust towards the facts that are given by the authorities in politics, media, religion, that these people that were a couple of years ago the authorities who uh, were, had credibility to tell us what the truth is, more and more these elite or these authorities are distrusted because we're not so sure anymore if what they are saying is the truth or fake news. So that's what we hear, and I mean, in Switzerland today we, we did the vote, like we voted our new politicians, and if you were in the debates, you saw that there's lots of emotion in topics like environmental things, and people are talking a lot about emotions, personal beliefs, and the facts are not so much in the foreground, and this is exactly what this post-truth age is saying. And it's not so much that we don't believe that there is truth anymore. Lots of people think that they have the truth. It's just that the common benchmark that we shared a couple of years ago, a benchmark that helped us discerning the facts from the truth, is more and more eroding, is more and more going away. This is what we see in our culture today. So, in May, for instance, there was an article in one of the Swiss um, newspapers called uh, Basler Zeitung, and uh, it said there, God, uh, I say it in English, it said there, God should be taken out of the Swiss constitution. As you know, our Swiss constitution starts with, in the name of God Almighty, and it says that it should be taken out because Christian symbolism is no longer timely for the Swiss state. So it's not up to date anymore to start a, a constitution of a country with the name of God. So that's exactly, and it's interesting, the author of this article is actually a reformed uh, pastor in Switzerland, so just for the note. And what he said is that until about the 60s, there was a large consensus in Switzerland that there is actually a God, that uh, there is a Bible, that uh, this is the Word of God. And so, uh, especially uh, Switzerland, also the whole Western Europe has been built by people who actually believed in a God and in a God of the Scriptures. And this has built everything that we see in our Western civilization. Vishal Malganvadi, he's an Indian uh, theologian, and the philosophist, he said the following, the modern West was shaped by people whose life were based on their faith in the divine truth and honor. 
So it was built by people who actually believed that truth can be known. And that truth can be found. And they actually knew where truth can be found. It can be found in God. And he revealed his truth through his word. And this is the foundation. And this has been the foundation for many, many centuries. And now over the last 20, 30, 40 years, we we see a shift happening where suddenly this benchmark is fading away. And there's a general mistrust, a disorientation. We see fake news everywhere, as I said. And, you know, it's... Special when we think about what Jesus' words were, because Jesus made the discerning of the truth one of the main goals of mankind. If we read in John 8, 31, the words of Jesus there, if you hold to my teaching, or in other translation, if you hold to my words, to my words, You are really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This is a powerful statement, because what Jesus says here is, I want you to discern the truth. And I have not left you without truth, because I have left you with my word, and my word is the truth. And if you discern the truth, it it has a positive impact, it will set you free. Because the truth always sets free. It puts you on a, on, on a, on a foundation you, where you can live your life on. You want to build your life on a foundation that is actually secure. Like when you're building a house, you want to be sure that this is actually something that holds. And this is why Jesus says, if you know my words, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And Jesus, who was the Uh, word made flesh he gave us his word and the word says a lot about himself for instance in Psalm 119 160 it says there all your words all your words are true another translation says the sum of your words is truth talking about the word of God all your words is true all your righteousness Righteous laws are eternal. So it doesn't change when an area goes into post-truth. His decrees, his words are forever. And it says here, the sum of your word is the truth. And so that's why I think this message is such an important message in this time and age where we're not so sure about truth anymore. We're not even sure if it's so important to know the truth and to know who is saying what the truth is. Even we Christians struggle with that. And so that's why I think it's so important if we look at this question, is the Bible the word of God? That we think about it. What gives to the Bible this authority that no other book that has ever been written has? No other book can be compared with the Bible. Why is this? It's because the Bible has its origin in God and finds its authority in Him. And this concept is called the concept 
of inspiration. And I want to go a little bit into theology um, this afternoon, but I heard the English-speaking service, that the bright one. I can, I can full-on bring theology, you will understand. I think theology is, is, is important to understand because, you know, we are the people of the book. And if we are called to build our life on a book, we better know why. Because there's lots in stake when we build something on the book. So, 2 Timothy 3.16 says the following about the scripture. All scripture is God-breathed. The Greek word for God-breathed in the original text is theo, theo, pneustos. Theo, pneustos. It's a word made of two different words. The first is theos. Theos means God. And pneo. Pneo means to breathe, uh, breathe, breathing out. Ah, oh, beautiful. <laughs> breathing out. And this is how it's translated here in the NIV. All scripture is God-breathed. That means the Spirit of God has breathed and the scripture was, you know. So there's the Holy Spirit was involved when the Bible was written. And I want to uh, show you this with an illustration. Because there's three different kinds of concept of inspiration that you can believe. And again, you can say, okay, this is a theology thing. It's not so important what exactly you believe. But I think it's very important. Because it depends on, on what you believe um, makes up what the authority of the Bible really is for you. So the first concept of the inspiration, we have the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works like, a, uh, like, like air, you know, like, like it's, uh, it's Ruach Elohim, it's the wind of God, it's the Spirit of God. So the, the first concept is called personal inspiration. And this says the following, the author of the Bible were inspired by the Holy Spirit. So they were inspired people. Like you, you are inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in you. So it's the same with the authors. They were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And then with, filled with the Spirit, they sat on a rock somewhere, maybe Moses, and he wrote the Bible. The thing is, if personal inspira uh, inspiration is right, then you have a, a, a human and a godly component. So the question is, what, when, take for instance Paul. Paul was inspired by the Spirit. He wrote down, he wrote his letters. What is his human character that he's going through? And what is the things that really were the words of God? And so we try to discern between the two. And the question is, is it really the word of God? Or is it more the word of Paul or the word of Moses or the word of Jeremiah? And where is it that God really inspired the people? The second concept is called real inspiration and it says that there are some portion of the bible for instance uh the ten commandments yeah inspired inspired absolutely oh the miracle of jesus walking on water uh probably not um moses mm, yes job no probably not and so there's the big lines of the bible are inspired but then there's lots of stories that are not 
that humans have added to the Bible later on. And you know, there's, there's a group of theologians in America called the Jesus Seminar. They're New Testament uh, theologians. And they meet every year and they debate on are the words of Jesus really true, probably, maybe, not at all. And then they vote on it and then they rate the Bible in these categories. Because they don't believe that the whole scripture is God-breathed. That it's partly man-made and partly God-made. The problem with this concept is that you place yourself as human over the Bible. And with your human understanding, maybe scientific knowledge, you will rate what you read in the Bible with your human wisdom and you put it over the Bible. That means you make yourself God. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, the whole scripture is God-breathed. Not the author are God-breathed and not parts of the scripture are God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed. And this is called verbal inspiration. And it works like this. You have the author of the Bible, like Paul. The spirit breathes through him and he wrote down the exact words that God wanted to have in the Bible. And of course, he was still Paul. The Bible didn't fall down from heaven like, a, like a, an email. <laughs> Paul wrote it with his own temperament. He wrote it in his time to his people. That's why we need to, to take time and energy to understand these old texts, of course. But the quality of the text is fully from God. God used these authors to write down his word. Every verse, every chapter, every book of the Bible is word of God. Peter said it the following in 1 Peter 21. For prophecy never had its origin, never never had its origin in the human will, but prophets through human spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And this word carry along is the same word that we use for a boat that is uh, carried along by the wind on the sea. So the wind is blowing and the, the, the boat is, is going this direction because the wind is blowing. And this is exactly what happens with the author of the Bible. It's not human will. It's God who, through the human authors, have, has written down his word. That's why we can confidently say that the Bible is faultless. It won't lead you astray. You can be sure that the Bible is a reliable measuring rod for your life. Because we need this. You know, when it comes to make decisions in our life, you better know that the measuring rod, that the benchmark actually is right. Otherwise, you won't have the right dimensions. You know what I mean? So that's why it's so important that we believe the whole Bible is God-breathed and gives us this authority to put our life on it. And I think this is something where we shouldn't make any compromise because there's too much 
and stake when it comes to this. But I was talking about inspiration. And you know, it's good to know that the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And this is the Word of God. But it won't change anything if I'm not reading my Bible. If I look at my Bible, I think, that's amazing. It's inspired. Through the Holy Spirit. Through a ventilator. No, Holy Spirit. But I don't read my Bible. It won't change my life. So inspiration, this is how the Bible was written. What we need in our everyday life is expiration, is breathing in. Inspiration is breathing out. That's how the Holy Spirit was breathing through the author into the Bible. Expiration is breathing in. The same spirit that inspired the author to write down the Word of God is the Spirit that is alive when I read my Bible today. And that's so important. This is what makes the Bible alive and active. Again, Holy Spirit. I read my Bible, maybe in the morning. And then I read, for the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing souls and spirit, joints and marrows. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. This is what happens when I read my Bible. Through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God will become alive. And I get a Holy Spirit hairstyle. So hopefully when you go out, in your everyday life, you go out with a Holy Spirit hairstyle because the Holy Spirit has blown on you through the Bible in the morning. You know, the Holy Spirit and the Bible are an inseparable couple. And I want to give you a quote that I brought already a couple of years ago in a message, but because it's, it's really a good quote, I bring it again. It's a quote from Todd White. Todd White, he was here a couple of years ago, and when he said that, it stuck on me because I was surprised that Todd White said this. You know why? Because I knew Todd White as a man of the Holy Spirit. I mean, he's full on Holy Spirit. He is like going out and praying for the sick everywhere, Jerusalem, on the temple. Like he has no fear of man. And this is amazing, you know, it's so inspiring. But then in his message, he said the following, and I thought this is such a deep truth. We can't dare to be a generation that goes for the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit and is not rooted in God's word at the same time. You know what Todd White said here is the following. Your personal revelation through the Holy Spirit never stands above the Bible. We live in a post-truth age where individualism is king. And you know what? We Christian, we are in the same boat. And I know what I say tonight is a little bit, uh, I know, but I can escape from behind afterwards. More and more, I see Christians coming and saying, you know what? I have the Holy Spirit. 
when Jesus died on the cross, the temple curtain was torn apart. I can go directly into the presence of God. I hear the word of God. Why should I read my Bible? I have direct revelation from God. You know, this is very post-truth. This means that my truth, what I hear from the Holy Spirit, is true. The question is, what is the benchmark? What helps us discern between the Spirit of God and the Spirit of the ages? It's the Word of God. And this is why Todd White said, we can't afford or, the, or we can't bear living full of the Spirit but not rooted in this benchmark. That is the Word of God. This is so important. It is so crucial. It is so important, especially also for the younger generation, that we understand we need to be rooted in the Word of God. Because this is the measuring rod. This is the truth. And the truth will set us free. You know, on the 1st of August, there was a national prayer day. Like every year in Switzerland, there's a national prayer day where all the prayer warriors come together uh, praying for politics and everything. It's amazing. And I was there um, because my wife sang the Swiss national anthem there. And it was amazing. You should hear my wife sing the national anthem. You would raise the flag, everything. It's amazing. And so we went to this, to this day. And we went, so in the afternoon, it had begun already. And I came down, it was in Bruck. If you know where Bruck is, beautiful. There's lots of fog there, but it's still beautiful. We came to Bruck, and then from afar, I see people waving banners. And I see Susan Bogenmans. She's from our church. She's an amazing lady from our church. She was waving this flag. And I saw it from afar, and I thought, what kind of flag is that? That's, that's the rainbow flag. That's the, the pride flag. That's, that's a Christian national prayer day, and Suzanne is waving the rainbow flag. Of course, I'm a little bit colorblind, but still. And I was, I was a little bit intrigued. I was like, uh, what exactly is going on? And this was a time in this afternoon where people were praying for the younger generation. And we came in exactly in this scene. So, Suzanne, come, please come on stage. She, so she was there with her flag. And, uh, and you, you, were, you were like swinging yeah. the flag over the young people. <laughs> so tell, tell me, what, 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 what happened in this moment? What, 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 was that, what kind of a flag was that anyway? Yeah, the rainbow. The rainbow is important. And it is important because God made a promise. Then when the first rainbow came, when he was drawing that rainbow on the sky, he said, never again, I will flood the earth. But you know, you can hold it. Yes, I will. <laughs> I want to take you because I have something from the word. In Isaiah 62 verse 10, it's written, Go on through, go on through the gates, clear the way for the people, build up a highway, build it up, clear away the stones, raise a banner for the peoples. So when I raise a banner, 
I think you know when you got to Jesus, when you said, Jesus, you can be my, my, my boss and my king, you got to an army. Do you know that? Now you know it at all. You are in an army. And I tell you one thing, I love the ground army because when I come with a flag, it has not to be this flag, it can be another flag. I say something in the spiritual world. I say I belong to the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords and I'm not afraid because he says I can trample on what? Snakes. Snares, snakes, and it doesn't do anything. And I can go up to the highest places where demons are, and nothing will happen to me. You know, yeah, give a round of applause to Suzanne. She's, she's my prayer warrior friend. And when I grow up, I want to be like her. When I grew up, I want to be like her. But you know, the, the, the amazing thing is, I asked her, yeah, if you, maybe you can show the picture again of, of the flag in, in Brook. What kind of flag is that? And she said, this is the flag of truth. The different flags have different, um, different um, meanings, and this is the flag of truth. And from afar, I thought, this is the pride flag. You know what? Everything that is not turned into worship eventually will turn into pride. And that's exactly what happens in this post-truth age. Is that the enemy takes the symbols that God has put for us and has tweaked them into a different direction. And this is why it's so important that our generation is grounded in the Word of God. That we discern what is the thing of God. What is the benchmark? What is the truth? Pride or praise? You choose. And you find it in the Word of God. And the amazing thing in, uh, in, in book, when they wave the flag... They were praying on the young generation and they prayed exactly these two things that they may have, they may be filled by the Holy Spirit and have a hunger for the Word of God. That's exactly what they prayed over the Swiss youth. And I heard that and I said, that's exactly it. So expiration is so important that we make the Bible the most important thing in our life. And you know, I told you about my chair, that I can't afford going into my everyday life without spending some time on my chair in the morning and read the Word of God. What you don't know is that this Monday, Monday from this week, I wanted to cancel this message because for about the last three months, I'm suffering from a displaced disc or three displaced discs in my back. And so... I remember about two months ago, I got up in the morning and I just, I couldn't sit on my, on my armchair anymore. It just didn't work because it was so painful. And so I remember the first couple of mornings, I was, I was a little bit like, I should read my Bible. I can't sit down. What should I, what should I do? Because it's my morning routine and my whole routine was, was, was gone. And then I found out 
about three weeks ago, when the pain became really strong and I couldn't even sleep well, that the only good position for me and my back is this one. If you have a displaced disc, this is the place to be. And you know, I really felt God telling me, you know what? Your circumstances are bringing you to your knees. But my word is still true. And so this morning, I opened my Bible. And you know, there's, there's also some Holy Spirit at my armchair. You can try at your home. It will blow. And I read Philippians 4, 12. And it says there, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And so for the last couple of days, actually, I wrote my whole message like this the whole week. And you know, your circumstances can be high, can be low. But the word of God strengthens your inner man. And I have decided that I won't let my circumstances drive my life. It's the word of God. Because it's the inspired word of God. It's the truth. It's living, it's active, and it's the only word that I can build my life on. Everything around can change very quickly. We know that, and you know it. But this is the foundation. Let us be people that live on a firm foundation, and it's the, the word of God. I want to sing a song with my wife called Word of God Speak. And I want you to take a couple of minutes to think about the truth in your life and how your foundation is laid on the word. You know, because I, my, over the next couple of weeks, we will talk about the Bible in, on different topics. But I would love to see the word of God starting to speak again to you if it's not speaking anymore. Because we can't afford to be a generation filled with the Holy Spirit in a time and age where truth is under attack and we're not grounded in the Word of God. We need the Word to speak to us. So, let us think about this and then we'll take some time with the Holy Spirit. Word of God speak. And as I said, this is really what I hope happens when you read the Bible. Is that it speaks to you. And it speaks truth into your life. Truth into your relationships. Truth into decisions on your future, on your career, 
We need the truth. And the truth will set us free. Let's take a couple of minutes where we ponder on these and we prepared a couple of things. We have the cross. Next to the cross, there are some cards with Bible verses. And so you can feel free to move around, to take some cards. And when I prepared for today, I had a feeling that you can go and take a card and this is a verse that speaks into your life, then take it for yourself. But I felt that it might be that you are taking a verse and this verse is not for you, it's for someone else in here. So I want to challenge you over the next couple of minutes, if you go there, you take a verse, you ponder on it, you listen to the Holy Spirit and you feel that this verse is for someone, maybe a friend that you took with you or family or maybe a total stranger, then be bold enough to give this truth to this person. And you know, you can't do anything wrong because a gift is always good and the Word of God is always right. <laughs> so you can't do anything wrong. So you can be courageous and bold. But let's, let's do this over the next couple of minutes. Spend some time with the Holy Spirit. The band will lead us in songs. And just the, the prayer team is ready to pray for you if you want to see the Holy Spirit really help you making this Word alive in your life. Then get some prayer from people truth is a topic in your life, then please, please use this moment.